The following Knowledge at Warden podcast is brought to you by Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their financial goals. Visit Vanguard.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Knowledge at Wharton audio podcast. I'm Peter Bowman, your host of this episode, along with McCool Pandya, Executive Director. How are you, McCool? I'm fine. Thanks, Peter. And with us, too, is Senior Editor Steve Goyelmi. How are you, Steve? Oh, fine, thanks. Fantastic. Well, here we are just ahead of the second quarter earnings season, and who better to have with us again than the top finance professor here at Wharton, Dr. Jeremy Siegel, also author of The Future for Investors. Thank you for joining us, Professor. It's great to have you on today. Professor, each week you publish a highly successful commentary on the economy and finance in general. Last week, your analysis stated that everything is, and I quote you, coming up roses for the equity markets except for the latest developments in the commodities markets. Can you elaborate on that observation for us? Yeah, most certainly. Uh, uh, What we have, looking at the economy, is is, uh, a soft landing in the sense that we are slowing down. But we're not going to a recession by any means. In fact, it doesn't even look like we're going to what's sometimes called a growth recession, which is uh, zero to one percent economic growth. And in addition, earnings are, are doing very well. This is the beginning of the earnings season. Uh, it looks like another double-digit quarter increase. It means that over a year ago, we're now estimating something between 11 and 13 percent uh, increase. Uh, this is uh, th- this is very very good news, but I say I worry about those commodities. Um, I worry about rising prices. If there's anything that's going to force the Federal Reserve higher, and that is the main worry of Wall Street, uh, it is higher commodity prices. So when I say is if we can get those commodity prices down, and by the way today m- Monday we 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 did have some uh, welcome softening on uh, the oil front. Uh, my feeling is that uh, everything else uh, has it going for the, for the stock market and uh, should cause an increase. Uh, last week, uh, the West Texas uh, crude oil price, as you said in your uh, newsletter, had hit an all-time high of $75.55. So h- how come the prices are coming down and do you expect that trend to continue? There were uh, some reports today, actually I think a lead report in the Wall Street Journal about uh, new techniques that Saudi Arabia may use to extract heavy oil uh, that might increase the supply. Um, that, that's been a very major issue uh, in the oil industry. Uh, you know, in, up in Alberta they have what's called very heavy oil with the tar sands, which contains actually millions of, uh, of, uh, of uh, barrels of, of oil if it can be extracted. So that sort of said, well, there might be some supply uh, on the line. Um, but this is, this is one day. There, there is no question that the, the world economy is strong, the uh, emerging markets are strong, China is really not showing any sign of a slowdown. Um, with the yuan, their currency, also strong against the dollar, uh, uh, they're bidding up the price of oil and imports, and uh, those are the reasons why uh, commodities are so strong in price. Doctor, you had mentioned that the commodities uh, could somehow affect the Fed, perhaps to raise rates. Are there certain commodities that they look at that are more impactful uh, as to their status than others, and what would they be? Well, the oil complex is is most important because and, of its world its world impact. Yeah, and it's a direct impact on the consumer price index. Uh we also had you know not only that but we had gasoline uh futures prices also not not quite hitting right after Katrina. We know about that you know very bad spike, 
but uh, the highest since uh, Katrina. Um, and what we're seeing in terms of the, the higher oil prices is it's beginning to spread a bit to what's called the core rate of inflation, and that's inflation outside directly the, uh, the energy and, and food complex. And the reason is, is that it takes some energy to produce almost everything. And so as a result, eventually, these, uh, these factors are going to move into the market. Now, what we have on the other side is increases in productivity. We have cheap products coming from abroad, China in particular, that helps keep that inflation uh, down. But we're beginning to see a little bit of a, a, a seep into that from the uh, energy complex. This is what's concerning the market concerning the Fed um, and what is producing year-over-year increases in inflation that are not looking good. But let let me emphasize that year-over-year data, although it's very widely quoted, contains 11 months of old data and only one (laughs) month of new data. Uh, You know, people say, oh yeah, year-over-year has now reached whatever else, but you know. (laughs) Over 90% of that is old data. The, the Fed, you know, has that forward-looking. And one of the, the favorable things on the inflation front, um, and I think this is a very important point to make clear, uh, there was some uh, anxiety caused by the uh, half percent increase in average hourly earnings that was reported on, on Friday. Um, every other piece of data that we have on labor costs is not accelerating. Uh, The more comprehensive um, um, indexes of labor costs, um, and particularly the employment cost index, uh, is actually showing a slowdown. So I I dismiss uh, a a lot of the anxiety uh, and the concern that we saw when we saw that increase in average hourly earnings. Well, ADP uh, didn't do a very good job <laughs> last week of predicting the employment numbers. Uh, and since the employment numbers were so much lower than uh, what the market was anticipating, uh, do you think that means that the Fed isn't going to raise, raise uh, interest rates in August? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, actually, in a way, I think the lower payroll numbers ease some anxiety. Um, uh, you know, we didn't have a good stock market, to say the least, last Friday, down over 100 points. My feeling is that if we had a very strong payroll with that five-tenths increase in average hourly warning, everyone said, oh my God, this, this, this economy is just running away. The Fed is just going to have to keep on increasing the rates. And that would have produced a lot of anxiety. Um, the fact that we had the payroll increase far below expectations and way below that sort of scare number that ADP previewed for us on that Wednesday before that uh, uh, the final announcement um, is actually, I think, some, some welcome news. There are headwinds against the economy. Um, the slowdown in housing is absolutely confirmed, every, er, virtually everywhere. The only place that, I mean, you could say real estate is strong. is in the commercial area. The vacancy rates are down. Rentals are strong. That's one reason why. So it's not just new construction. It's yes. It's, 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 that's one reason why real estate investment trusts are actually doing, REITs are doing fairly well. Right. Because they're, the actually, yeah, they're actually doing fairly well despite the slowdown in housing. However, in the residential sector, absolutely confirmed slowdown. That is spreading. We're actually seeing furniture sales 
that are down. Uh, retail sales that were announced for the month of, of June were on the disappointing side. We also have you know the increase in in in, in gasoline prices. You know it's now three dollars and higher uh, a, a gallon, uh, and we have. Uh, the another notch up of interest rates of five and a quarter, which makes the prime rate eight and a quarter. And many people who borrow on their home equity loans go higher than that. They go anywhere from you know one, sometimes up to two points higher than that. So we're getting eight, nine, sometimes ten percent on home equity loans, which is two years ago were four and five percent. Right. That's so a nearly huge double. That is a huge difference. That's one reason why when we look at the second half of this year, we're looking at GDP increases that are, are going to be around 3%, um, which all is, is okay, but certainly less than 35 to 4 and plus that we've had over the last three years. This last quarter, we, we don't have the announcement yet, we won't get it till the end of July. But most experts say it's going to come in the second quarter is two and a half to three. The third quarter, they're looking at about three and nothing much more for fourth. Yeah. So, you know, we have downshifted. Now, why I said it's coming up roses is the, the market will. That's sustainable growth. Right. And uh, if the Fed can see those commodity prices going down, given that the housing sector has already slowed, they can say, hey, we have now increased enough. We do not have to increase. It's more. all in balance at that point. I guess. Yeah, it would. They would come much closer uh, in balance. What's the time frame? I guess between the commodities not uh, softening to to where the Fed would increase uh, rates. Well, my, my feeling is if we see oil up at eighty, uh, gasoline moving even higher, uh, we see uh, again a spark in those uh, uh, called industrial metals such as aluminum, zinc, nickel copper, scrap steel, et cetera, and so on. Uh, if we see a continuing falling dollar and continuing rising gold price, now gold has snapped back from a real bad loss that, that it took uh, the previous month, but still well below its high. But if, if the Fed sees all those real market signals that say there's still pressure there, just to keep credibility and the fact that we've got a new chairman sure. who must establish credibility up there, uh, he will have to uh, raise. And you feel yeah. raising basis points, that would establish credibility? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. he would, you know, and I've even, I've even actually said that if that Kamai goes really um, uh, up, he might even uh, say 50 basis points and say, hey, listen, we're fighting this. Right. Yeah. Actually, there are many in the market that would prefer 50 basis points and done Rather than these 25, 25, yeah, what I, what I call the Chinese water torture. <laughs> <laughs> Slow but still painful. Uh, uh, continuing <laughs> and never-ending right. uh, type of thing. When are these quarter points, you know, we've done 17 consecutive quarter point increases. That's unprecedented. I mean, we've had higher increases because they've jumped at 50 or 75. But we've never had 17 quarter consecutive quarter increases. And, you know, there's this whole, the whole question of the market is, when is this uh, going to end. Well, we, get, we get some, you know, uh, you know, Bill Gross on PIMCO. Now, he hasn't been terribly right, but I respect him a lot. I mean, he, he now says that he sees signs um, that uh, there's, uh, that the government market, uh, U.S. government market may be turning. Those government, those sensitive government rates. He thinks there's going to be some widening of risk premiums on the other rates, but he thinks that the bear market in government bonds is over. Now, if he Proves to be right. That means 
the government bond market does not see overheating, that will be a signal to the Fed. If that market doesn't see it, then you can uh, pretty well relax. What's the timetable for that to reveal itself? Well, right now, we, we have come down. We, and we hit, uh, you know, we were over actually five, we were, we were five and a quarter percent. Uh, we, we, the last couple, of, well, since uh, Friday's uh, uh, labor market news and even today, without much news, the rally has continued. If we could get that 10-year rate below five, it would, it would be very difficult for the Fed to, ju to really justify a 5.5% rate right. because they would really be inverting the term structure, which we, you know, all economists have learned is something that you don't do unless you find absolutely necessary, any excuse not to do it. Uh, and that would be one of the excuses. I mean, if, it, if the long rate went below 5, um, I would say Bernanke would have good reason to pause on, um, on, on August 8th the next meeting of the FOMC. And what does the interest rate outlook over the summer mean for the stock market? Well, uh, again, if, if, if Branke is done and if the, if, if the um, um, uh, commodity market, you know, does not surge above its level and begins to soften off as it sees economic activity softening off, then I, I think we've seen the highs. And I think I could, I actually, I think that I might agree with um, and I don't always uh, agree with Bill Gross on, on, on a number of issues, but I, I see his reasoning here, and uh, I think there's a good chance we may see that 10-year rate um, below 5%, and therefore we, will, uh, we may have seen the peak in rates. But that, again, to me, depends on, on the commodity market. What are the next indicators you're looking at, I guess, in the next week and a half? Are there, you know, we've got corporate well, earnings coming up yeah, soon. Yeah, I mean, well, the earnings, earnings are, of course, we, we, we had a, a really negative from, uh, you know, uh, 3M Corporation, but uh, not many warnings. Right. Um, I mean, that's going to affect the market and quite selectively depending on the, on the companies. But if you don't get, nowadays, if a company is going to miss it by a big amount, it's going to generally warn of that, and we have not gotten very many warnings. A good sign. Uh, yeah, that, that was actually a good sign. I mean, actually, one of the reasons, um, I, it's, it's very interesting. The market always seems, uh, uh, the week before, to react to these warnings. Oh, my goodness, they're coming in below expectations, <laughs> realizing that, that firms are sort of obligated to do that. And they're not obligated to do it as much on the other side. I mean, if they're going to really blow it out. Right. Sometimes they do choose to do it, but there's not the obligation in a way to do that. So you get an asymmetry there. You always get sure. the warnings coming through. The market seems to say, oh, my God, they're coming through. I mean, it's often a good time to buy, actually. Leak the bad news and, and create yeah, fanfare well, right, for the good news, right? Right, right, go <laughs> right at that particular juncture as far as, uh, as, as, far as uh, that's concerned. But it'll be watching. I mean, again, I mean... I'll be watching commodities. I will also be watching consumer price indices, producer price indices, the um, uh, the personal consumption deflators, um, which come out uh, after that. Um, we're going to get another employment cost index, I think, coming up uh, either late this month or early next month, which will give us another quarterly read on employment costs. Uh, and, of course, ongoing the labor market, the, 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 the tightening is it tightening? Um, because remember, labor costs are still 70% of the cost of the firms. And if, if, if they don't have to overpay, you know, if the labor market is not tightening significantly, it's hard to get a lot of those inflationary pressures 
really moving in any momentum way. You really need the labor markets uh, to be moving up on wages. So, you know, I, you're watching all that. And as I said, I'm, I'm, my, I'm getting good readings on the wage side of the inflation picture. Um, I'm nervous about that commodity side. I'm feeling good about the wage side. If commodities don't, you know, continue to peak up. The Fed will pause. Dr. Jeremy Siegel, thanks so much for joining us today here at Knowledge of Wharton. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.